0: On this episode of the Hero Ball Podcast, I interviewed one of our resident Portland Trailblazers fans, Austin Strode, about his experience going to opening night's game versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Unfortunately, I recorded this episode on October 21, which was, well, last Sunday. I have not been able to get it up until now because, well, I got things I gotta do, and it's not like you are paying me. Yet. So... In the meantime, uh, I guess just go ahead and enjoy. Uh, hopefully, this is not too old, but we do talk a lot of we do talk a lot about that game as well as the Portland Trailblazers uh, outlook so far entering the season. Hope you enjoy. And welcome to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. My name is Richard Davidson and I'm joined today by my good buddy Austin Strode. Ethan and Elkin are not here today, but I'm joined by my good buddy Austin, who uh, who went to opening night, Portland versus the Los Angeles Lakers. And so, uh, Austin, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing well. I am. Uh, I'm excited to hear about uh, about your. You know, you went to the opening night for for Portland and and the Lakers. I'm, I'm excited to hear about that experience, what it was like for you in the arena. Um, and, but also just other things, uh, trailblazers and Matt, why don't we go ahead and start a little bit in a, a different direction. I mean, as you well know, uh, and maybe the listeners as well, that, uh, your owner, uh, Paul Allen, he, he passed away, uh, you know, before the beginning of the season and, uh, there've been tributes that have gone, uh, gone out and, and whatnot. But I was wondering t- to get kind of the perspective of someone who lives in Portland Uh, We'll just give you a chance to say whatever you want to, and then maybe ask, well, does this affect at all the trailblazers, and what might might happen to them as far as ownership?
1: Yeah, um, that's a good question, and I'll uh, put a disclaimer on it, that is everything I'm about to say is kind of speculative, because no official news has come out as to the direction of the franchise, but... Yes, it will have, I believe, it will have a major impact on the franchise. However, I don't know if we will feel that major impact for maybe another year or two. Uh, And the reason I say that is, so when Paul passed, he he doesn't have a wife and he doesn't have any kids. So he doesn't really necessarily have anyone to, you know, gift his inheritance to as far as ownership of the team. Mm -hmm. Now he does have his sister. He's super close with his sister. And he also runs a company called Vulcan. Vulcan is the holding company that is the umbrella for all of his endeavors. He does a ton of other stuff. He has nonprofits, all this other stuff. So without getting into all that, his sister is one of the people that runs Vulcan. And technically, Paul Allen is not the owner of the Blazers. Vulcan is the owner of the Blazers. Mm. It is just Paul's company. So the reason I bring all this up is when he passed, nobody knows 100% what's going to happen. However, there is a lot of speculation with people close to his family as to what very likely could happen. And what's kind of being said right now is his sister, who is one of the people that runs Vulcan, is a huge football fan. And him being also the owner of the Seattle Seahawks, the odds of him the odds of him keeping that franchise from the people close to the family, Think the odds are very high. And when it comes to basketball, what they're saying is the sister does not like the NBA, does not like basketball. She doesn't have anything against the Blazers necessarily. It's just not her thing, I guess Mm -hmm. is the best way to say it. And it was Paul's thing. Like that was Paul's love more than the Seahawks before the Seahawks more than anything. So people close to are very much speculating that Vulcan and her. Don't love writing the big checks uh, okay. for players. And right. I'm not sure what kind of leeway now Neil O'Shea is going to have when asking for a little bill. Right. I think that could be uh, another issue that comes into play. But yeah, I think the odds of them selling the team, unfortunately, are decently high. But okay. then again, who knows what's going to happen.
0: Right, right. I mean, let's go ahead and continue speculating here while we're at it. Uh, so obviously, the uh, Trailblazers are in Portland, and the Seahawks are in Seattle. There is currently no Seattle team in the NBA. Uh, yeah. Now, what what with, with this though? If, what you're saying is that basically she wants to she, she like the football, and maybe she likes cutting the checks. That that instead of being fully guaranteed, we can say, "Oh, you're injured. Sorry, we don't have to actually pay you that money." Because the NFL is not quite that nice to players. But, um, you know, what we would think what, what I would think is what I would worry if I was a Portland Trailblazers fan is, well, does she have maybe more ties to Seattle or, or Portland or just or just in general to the Pacific Northwest? My gut instinct would be to say that it, the Portland Trailblazers are probably staying in Portland just because like that's huge there. Like that, that is like that's the thing. Like that is the big sport the big team in portland and you have a huge fan base why would you want to move it obviously seattle's a phenomenal place as well but i just wouldn't i just don't think i would see that but if she's going to be trading the team or not trading, uh, selling the team if if that were to happen um she might maybe because she's not as loyal to that team it might be just well the highest bidder and if that person wants to move the team to Seattle if that person wants to, you know, do whatever, move the team to, I don't know, New Mexico, even what, you know, like, it, like some of these transactions like that take place, the previous ownership like has certain desires that they want the new ownership to live out. Like, Hey, you, you had better stay here for the for X amount of years or, or whatever. It, maybe it doesn't, maybe it doesn't work that way with, with, uh, you know, Paul and his sister
1: yeah um so back to your one point from what i do know and have read about her is she lives up in seattle on mercer island and she's from there that's her home that's her i don't think she has ties to portland her only ties to portland are the one billion dollar franchise that her brother owned right aside from that from what i hear she's she's a seattle person and with that being said number one i don't envision portland leaving portland i don't envision the blazers leaving portland i should say and part of the reasoning is as far as i understand it the nba has to approve a move and the owners have to go through a voting process that's true with the fan base being as loyal as they are and the history portland has such a rich history it's very hard for me to see it moving especially in the current state of a winning franchise
0: Right. I, I would, I could see it happening more with other teams. I mean, obviously the uh, Clippers are a team that pop up a lot just because Steve Ballmer's connections as well to Pacific yeah. Northwest, uh, but I mean, you could, I mean, you could, I would, I could see it happening more with some of these other teams that are stuck in and not so great of, you know, cities. I mean, then, then, then the Portland Trailblazers just deciding, Oh, let's go ahead and move North, uh, you know, one state. So yeah, yeah I, I think I agree with you there. I think I don't, quite see that taking place i think that even more than that i would i could see expansion where they add in a couple of teams and seattle being one of them rather than let's kick the trailblazers up to seattle so okay
1: yeah i think i think there's much higher odds that seattle will get a new team before the blazers ever leave portland
0: okay fair enough fair enough I agree um all right so let's go ahead and uh now that we've, we've talked about that let's go ahead and move into and and just mention right now your team is two and0 undefeated how you feeling so far
1: uh that's always a great way to start the year
0: yeah yeah I'm, I'm
1: not holding my breath to stay undefeated for a long long time <laughs> but it's looking good so far
0: yeah I mean the west is you know the west and uh, well, for the the Pistons are two and zero right now as well. I mean, but our two and zero and your two and zero are different things. I mean, we, we beat the the Nets and we beat the Bulls, both of them going to the wire. Those are pretty awful teams. Uh, you know, you beat the Lakers, Los a- oh, the Los Angeles Lakers, which we'll get to in a second, and then you beat the Spurs. Uh, what was it? Uh, Saturday Last night. night. Yep, okay. Yeah, Saturday night. And so you you beat them, and uh, well, with that, you're you're two and zero. Good start in the west uh you got two games up on the on the lakers which which i think is probably more of a team that is in contention than the spurs since all the injuries that they've suffered but it's good to you know get out to a good um a good lead and beating the lakers opening night obviously much was much was said about them uh you know LeBron's over there they're they're, they're, they're the talk of it I'm over here near LA and they're the talk of the town basically even though the Dodgers are in the World Series now uh you know, everyone's talking about the Lakers everyone's talking about about LeBron and so my my question to you is uh let's go ahead and just start it out this way uh give us why, why did you go to opening night against LeBron go ahead and tell us
1: because there were so many storylines. How could you not go? How could you not go? Here, here, here's the thing. I'm a flipping huge Trailblazers fan. We've mm-hmm. won, the, I think, we have the NBA record. This is now 18 consecutive home openers mm-hmm. in a row. We've uh, won 16 games in a row against the Lakers. It's LeBron's first game ever as a Laker. Mm-hmm. And then you find out three days before the opener that our owner, Paul Allen, dies. Mm. There are so many storylines, so many reasons to go. Okay. Uh, also, I don't ever recall regular season tickets being as much money as they were for that
0: game. Oh man, I I, I can only imagine. I mean, I know that, that it kind of fluctuate depending on the who the opponent is, but especially opening night playing that team. Uh, you know, they're probably doing a a, a tribute to to Paul Allen that opening night. You'd imagine. Um, and so yeah, I mean pretty huge and and the one
1: other thing i want to add to that too Mm -hmm. is opening night is always like i really try to go to opening night every year if i can because the the energy in the stadium's different on opening night versus going mid-season because when you're going on opening night there's like this feeling in the air of like the unknown of what the season has in store Mm -hmm. like anything can happen tonight if we're one and oh anything can happen and it's just it's just fun because there's not really an expectation yet as much. There's no record set. It's just like a fresh start and a new year. And everyone is always so optimistic on opening night.
0: And I, but I will say though, I with, with the way that last season ended. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you've been hearing out there, but basically from what I've heard, I heard that basically the Blazers were, were dead. They, they were a team that people have been predicting have, you know, to to miss the playoffs. For, they were the third seed in the Western Conference last year. And people, I mean, obviously the difference between three and nine is like three games, but the no. it's like how in the world are the Blazers going to be the team that misses the playoffs? I I, I couldn't see it. Um, and if, you know, if, if I don't know, if you listen or the listeners have listened to you know, our predictions, like, the Blazers were a team that I thought would hit the over I thought this would be a team that would definitely make the playoffs. Uh, And, but there still had to be a little bit of, of, of worry, you'd imagine, because of the way the last season ended. I, I I texted you. I was like, hey, uh, I, I knew that you were going to the game. I was like, hey, you better watch out for Lonzo Ball because the rumors, you know, that they're going to trade, you know, Lonzo for Dame if things go south. And, well, especially now that the Lakers look like they're 0 2 and you guys are, uh, you know, to know so
1: yeah yeah i don't see Dane leaving anytime soon i don't see the blazers taking in a character like lonzo
0: honestly it's it's not even like obviously he's not the character it's the it's the circus that surrounds him. it's his, it's his dad yeah, although i will say
1: true. yeah he, he I, comes with baggage that's, that's true. the best way to put it
0: it's true although i haven't heard tons f- uh, from i guess about his dad or going on anytime you know well anytime now maybe neither, that's lebron's but that,
1: but that probably means more to come soon
0: he's probably build it, he's
1: probably building up something right now uh-huh and 6 months from now he's going to be so much louder than he ever was
0: yeah and i think if there was a trade then yeah he would definitely like people would be trying to get the the takes of one levar ball but um what i want my first question to you specifically about the the gameplay here was did you expect that Nick Stauskis was going to, uh, you know, come out firing? Because basically he he sealed his MVP campaign opening night, didn't he?
1: Yeah, that was pretty great. Um, I'll be totally honest. I have, I know very little about Nick Stauskis coming into this. Uh-huh. I remember watching him at in Michigan. Michigan, right? Yep, yeah, yep, I remember Michigan watching game. him in Michigan. And I remember watching that March Madness year, mm-hmm. thinking he was a good player. But I've just never seen him play in this league. Um, but also, he's been struggling to find a home. He's been struggling to get in any kind of rotation. So I was just like, you know, it's another guy. It's another young kid that I'm hoping just hasn't had the right chance, hasn't right, had the right fit, and maybe he'll fit in our system. Yeah. Uh, I know it's two games. So far, so good. He didn't have 24 points in his <laughs> second game. he no, only he had th- He only had three points last night. However, he didn't play as many minutes, but – he looked good and he was setting people up. He had multiple assists and he just looked, he looked smart and he looked like he knew what he was doing out there. But that was definitely a very pleasant surprise uh, on opening night.
0: Yeah. I mean, nick got Nick Stauskas, you know, I, I, I root for Michigan whenever they do well in the, in, in the tournament. And I remember, yeah, I remember watching that year and him and it was him and Trey Burke, they were going crazy. And they went in and they, they lost that to, to that Louisville team uh, who actually got, like, the title taken away from them. So yeah. kind of, I guess Michigan, I don't know. I don't know how all that works. But, uh, yeah, he came in the league and then just went to Sacramento, and that was it. He's just, he went to Sacramento. Uh, it's hard with, to go to Sacramento the, yeah. and,
1: and make a name for yourself. It feels like that's where players go to die nowadays.
0: But what was crazy like is he went there and so yeah just like i didn't hear from him and then he got he got traded to philadelphia and this was in the in the time range where in philly was you know being awful they were doing their tanking uh, he got moved to brooklyn last year the first year that you know uh, they they began their ascension and now now he's, you know, now he's here with you guys um kind of feeling that uh pat Conanton role now that he kind of went away he was probably wanting a little bit more money here but you're able to get him. And now another player that, that came in to fill uh fill space with, with with you and your team is one Seth Curry, right? He came in basically taking Shabazz Napier's spot, which I that was one I was I could not believe that you guys didn't just keep Shabazz. I mean, he signed for the minimum over over in Brooklyn. So why not why not keep him? Why why bring in Seth Curry, which is a little bit of an unknown? What are your thought processes about those two guys in, in that situation?
1: Yeah, I don't know a lot because that that little one has been kept under wraps because to this day that's still a head shaker mm-hmm. in town is why didn't we keep Napier? Everyone liked Napier. Yeah. He didn't he didn't go get a max contract or anything like that anywhere else. Um I don't know if my only guess is there had to have been some issues internally with the franchise with him. Mm-hmm. But aside from that from a fan perspective Everyone still doesn't really know what happened in that situation. Why we right. let him go?
0: Right, but so are you okay with like? I mean, obviously, two games. How are you feeling with the Seth Curry appearance? Basically, taking on his his role as that third guard.
1: Hey, if Seth is if Seth is healthy, he's mm-hmm. great. I mean, he's a better Napier is a better um, Napier is quicker, mm-hmm. but. Portland's offense is running around spot up guys. We usually have three guys on the perimeter at all times and a constant motion and a constant rotation. Mm -hmm. He's definitely a better spot up shooter than Apier. Um, And I would argue that the way he plays actually might fit Portland's system better. And obviously, if he Mm -hmm. can stay healthy, I mean, he's a, I think I heard last night, he's a 40 four percent career three-point shooter
0: let's see i can pull that up right here but
1: something like that it was something really good yeah
0: i mean the curry brothers can shoot it from from downtown uh let's see his career three-point percentage yeah 40 percent,
1: 43
0: that's yeah. pretty good
1: pretty yeah, good that's pretty good um so yeah i mean deep a better player in a different way but I can also just see how Seth's game complements Portland's
0: system. Right. Yeah. I mean, because with with Shabazz Navier, he was when he would come in, yes, he could side off ball, but he he did a lot of on ball stuff as well. Which, when you have you know Dame Lillard, when you have CJ McCollum, and you want to kind of stagger those guys' minutes and have one of them out there at all times, you don't really necessarily need another ball handler. And if you do have, if you do need one you guys kind of already have a de facto one in an Evan Turner. And, and so he kind of takes on that bench. Like if you, if you do ever have those top two guys sitting on the bench, which you never should, honestly, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, unless it's a blowout either way, but with, with Evan Turner kind of running the point, having Seth Curry out there spacing the floor instead of uh, Shabazz Napier needing the ball in his hands to, to do more and be more effective. Perhaps, perhaps that fits a little bit better. And so, uh, I mean, so far it seems to be working out. Obviously, we're dealing with super small sample sizes and two games, uh, yeah. but anyways. All right. So, so you're overall you're you're feeling pretty good about at least those two acquisitions. Um, the next question I ha- want to ask you, just and you can speak to how you saw this within the context of the game that you went to, but Nurk. All right. So, you you gave him you gave him an extension this offseason. Uh, it was probably more than he was going to get elsewhere, but at the same time, it wasn't anything incredibly outrageous. It wasn't like Bismack Biombo money from 2016. So, but but now you have him locked up a little bit long term. How did how do you see how do you see him kind of fitting in with with this team and with the aspirations that you have, and knowing that you have like a Zach Collins kind of just waiting in the wing. For, for his opportunity Have you guys, is Zach Collins more of the backup center or is he more of a power forward? How, how does that work?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think Portland's still finding their identity within mm-hmm. the context of your question, because it's exactly like you said, if Nurk is out, Zach is coming in at the five, mm-hmm. but if Nurk is in, he's going to play the four. Um, the good thing about Portland's system is the four and the five, if when he plays the four, he's going to be looking at a lot more mid range shots, which Zach can hit. And if he plays the five, he's going to be down low. Mm-hmm. The thing with Nurk though is, I'm kind of on the fence a little bit with him right now, because in some ways it feels like I haven't seen him really progress in the last twelve to eighteen months. Mm-hmm. But he just shows too many flashes where he he keeps you he keeps you close because it's like oh that that looked good or that was a good game. Mm-hmm. But then he follows it up with a mediocre effort. I mean, through his first two games, he's not looking, he's not looking bad. Right. But he's not necessarily blowing anybody away either.
0: Right. I mean, uh, you know, Nurk in the game that, that you watched, he had 17 minutes. He had 16 points, but yeah. he was a uh, he minus foul trouble too. The whole game. Plus 17 plus minus. Yeah. Four fouls. So uh, nine boards, which is, which is good. But well, he got
1: that so he got that fourth foul midway through the third, uh-huh. and at that point, we were maybe up five, so it was a close game. He never went back in the game, they just, did not play him the fourth quarter. I mean, five, four fouls.
0: Myers Leonard ended up with eight minutes, but that might have been garbage time. Uh, so what did they, did they just ride Zach Collins the rest of the way?
1: Yep, they did.
0: He had 26 minutes, man. Yep, yep. And obviously plus minus flawed stat, but, you know, especially with small sample sizes, but yeah, I mean, with, I mean, your starters really were had, had were mostly minuses. I mean, uh, as far as the plus minus goes, which makes sense. I mean, whenever LeBron was in there, they, the Lakers were a team. They, they were, they were a really good team. I watching partway through the first quarter, there was a there was a run that was just awesome, like, and I can't imagine what it was like in 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 stadium for you
1: when when LeBron had a uh, the tomahawk and then yeah. Dame had the tomahawk and then LeBron had one again.
0: Yeah, and it was like yeah,
1: it was loud. So you loud. could say it was very loud in there, and there it, was way too many Lakers fans for my comfort level in the arena.
0: Right, and but I mean they were loud. I feel as though that's a product of it is LeBron's first game as a Laker. Yeah, yeah. Got to go. We got to find a way to ha- make it happen. So, but yeah, I, it was, it was super loud on TV. I can only imagine in uh, what, what it was like in, in person there. But so the, the Blazers starting lineup, let's see the mostly only Alpha Camino had a plus one. Everyone else was in the negatives. Uh, but and
1: Aminu had a horrible game. I think he was one for ten or something.
0: To be fair, he picked up two awful fouls right away. That like le- basically there was LeBron got him for a blocking foul, and, and on the replay, just nothing. He, LeBron just kind of fell was was anticipating contact, and Aminu was backing anyways. And and then just some really bad calls uh, at the at the beginning on that one on, on Aminu. But the bench. Obviously came in firing. And uh that's when you have Stauskas going off and Zach Collins putting together a pretty pretty solid game overall. Hold on, am, am I reading this correctly? He had six blocks. Yeah. My man had six blocks.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my word.
1: But His he- it, defensively, the the cool the thing about him is and he kind of showed this. Uh, at the end of last season, last third of the season last year, when he really started to get more minutes, Uh when it comes to blocks, his timing is what is good. Like some guys get the blocks because they're athletic freaks Mm -hmm. and not to, you know, downplay his athleticism, but he just like, his basketball IQ is improving significantly. He
0: just knows where to be. Mm -hmm. Ready? I mean that that I just, I looked there. I saw that. and I was like, man, is that a is that a typo in their basketball yeah. reference? No, but no, it's wow, it's, it's impressive. So so he he had six points, six blocks, and six boards um in those in those twenty six minutes. And then for San Antonio, he comes in has well, eleven points, uh five boards, no no blocks there. But you know a, a, pr- a pretty good game, pretty efficient no. game from the floor. He hit two hit two threes. So
1: he did. He did. And he had some, you know, he definitely defensively had a couple of those plays that don't show up on the stat sheet where mm -hmm. it looked like he was going to get the block. And he really uh, just his presence was enough to alter the shot, affect a tougher shot. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: So it would it would would seem to me. And I was wondering if the Blazers were were going to extend Nurkic or if they were just going to say, "Well, well, we'll let you play out. Uh, this this next year, and then we'll see what we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll let you go. Maybe we'll give you a one year contract or whatever. Uh, but be, because I didn't know if like, would Zach Collins make the strides that he needs to basically take over that starting center role. But it, it sounds like the Blazers weren't quite as confident. They wanted to just give it all to him right away. But n- n- they're now correct. they're now they're I in a situation think. where by the time Zach Collins uh, is need, it's time for a new contract. At about that time, I think give or take a year or so, then you'll be moving on from Nurk probably, and that'll be that.
1: I agree. I I've been thinking about that too for a while. I think the Nurk Nurk getting some more years in Portland mm-hmm. is a was a hedge against Zach. Yeah, was just just head, to make sure, just in case he doesn't pan out, then okay, at least we have Nurk. NERC. Nurk solid enough.
0: Yeah, and, and Nurk's contract won't look bad as the, as the salary cap continues to rise, and as Myers, Leonard, and Evan Turner's contracts begin to come off the board, so it, it won't it won't be bad overall. Um, no, so I
1: can't wait till we get rid of Evan Turner. Be a great day.
0: Uh, is there anything else that you want to to say about your Portland Trailblazers? Talk. Is there anything you want to say about the game in particular that stood out to you that you liked? Uh, Giving give, give you the floor here.
1: Well, I will say from the opposite side, watching the Lakers in person, mm-hmm. um, I think they could be a very good team. Mm-hmm. They have... I mean, obviously you have LeBron, the best player in the world, but his IQ is through the roof. They have so much young talent. If those guys actually listen to him, mm-hmm. that's going to be a really good squad.
0: And like, I think part of it also is if they like Brandon Ingram, I think has been the biggest uh, of, of the younger guys has, has been the biggest, you know, beneficiary of LeBron being there. He seems to be getting uh, a lot of, a lot of looks from LeBron. He's, he's the one that's in the starting lineup. Still, all the other young guys are coming off the bench, but you know, what I really want to see is I want to see more Lonzo ball, less Rajon Rondo. And I, I guess with this news, with the suspensions coming out, with Rondo, with that whole situation, I think Ron, Rondo's missing like three games. I think, yeah. um, I think that we will see that. It, it, I'm curious as to what that will look like because I see Lonzo as being you know that, that that ball mover who's not you know obviously his shot is is something to be aware of and it's not great. But if they're just trying to run and gun and, and pass, that that's been the model coming out out of L.A. I think that he fits phenomenally next to LeBron and also brings a much better defensive presence there. So, yeah, I mean, I've been harping I on think- that a lot where I want to see more Alonso. I want to see less Rondo. And uh, I, I guess we'll just, we'll, we'll have to see how how that goes. Um,
1: no, definitely. Yeah. I just want to throw that out there. Just from mm-hmm. watching them in person. Like, I just think. I I think this is going to be a surprise to nobody and also it's the same thing when LeBron came to Cleveland like when he uh-huh. came back to Cleveland again that team was very slow for two months and then yeah. they got their stride because they yeah. learned how to play together I think the Lakers are going to be the same thing but to go back to Portland um, I'm very excited for this year because we have I think Portland's offense is going to be a lot more like Golden State mm-hmm. I think we're going to I think we're going to be top 3 in three-pointers attempted this season. Um also wouldn't be surprised if we're top 3 in three-pointers made. It's a great shooting squad mm-hmm. and they're putting up a heck of a lot of threes. I know we put up 36 threes against the Lakers. Not sure how many we put up against the Spurs. Well,
0: um, here's the thing though, like and and this is not to like downplay like right now you're you're middle of the rain middle of the pack as far as three point attempted but obviously that's a weird thing because some teams have played three games some teams have not uh yeah you are,
1: it's a little flawed still
0: yeah you're up from last year's percent i think uh, uh, per game you're at 34 and a half three pointers per game that's up 22 and a half percent the problem is that we are up a, we're up a crazy percentage across the league because everyone's shooting more three pointers. I mean I can't tell yeah. you how many more the uh, the pistons are firing off. I mean I guess I could I could just go find it. But like we're we're it, it's happening all over the place. And so it's yep. it's really it's just interesting. how the game's
1: evolving. It's just how the game's evolving. But I just I just the point I'm trying to make is I think Portland's definitely gonna be going with that flow. I think mm-hmm. they're just they're gonna be shooting the ball. They're gonna be shooting, 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 shooting the ball. They're going to live by the three and die by the three. Um, But, you know, it's great that we have a lot of very, very good talent at that three-point line. Mm -hmm. I just need to make sure that we – I need to make sure. I'm hoping that we buckle it up on defense um, because historically that has been where we have been weak. And we have given up – I mean, we've scored over 120 our first two games, but we've Mm -hmm. also given up like 110 or something a game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll have we'll have to see how that goes. It's interesting, right now looking at some of the. I mean, the problem with looking at some of these stats early on is just the small sample size of like just the craziness. Right now, you guys are shooting forty percent from three point range as a team, Um, and you're ninth. So it's it's just a crazy
1: forty as a team is pretty solid.
0: Yeah, but it's again, it's like it's literally two games, and you guys. I mean, we can't expect. I've obviously um, Stauskas didn't have quite the, the second game, but like the first game that he had was outrageous. It was just really weird. A lot of these things will balance out as we go further along. But uh, do you want to make a case for why you think Dame Lillard will again make first team all NBA or is there any M- MVP thing you could see happening?
1: Oh, he's a monster. Here's the thing. I don't, I really don't envision him being MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think he'll be probably second team or mm-hmm. better. Okay. Um, I there's just so many good players in this league. When you bring up the MVP conversation, yeah. he's a great player, but he's just not the most dominant in the game. Like I think, I mean, I think everyone's thinking this, but I think Anthony Davis isn't going to be an early front runner for MVP. Yeah, because of his level of dominance. Steph Curry at the point guard is a better point. I mean, he's the best point guard in the NBA probably. Mm -hmm. He is a dominant figure. I mean, Dame obviously can be dominant. He's kind of Mr. Fourth quarter is his reputation the last two, three years. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I mean, unless Portland finishes top two in the West,
0: mm -hmm.
1: I don't see him being in that conversation. Mm-hmm. But I think he'll definitely be a second team talent or better.
0: Okay, all right. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, yeah, you're right. I mean, the the names that are out there, at least from the outset, like Giannis, Anthony Davis, these guys who, who yeah, we yeah, anticipate. Stats, yeah, that's another one. We yeah. anticipate to fill up the stat sheet, and we have been told and know hey, these guys are not just monster mm-hmm. offensive players, but we know that they're good defensive players, where they have that potential. Whereas Dame doesn't really get that recognition. Not, I mean, you guys have picked up your defensive. Uh, just team defense over the past year, I think. But there there's still that uh you know that little nagging, hey, the Portland Trailers backcourt, they're they're not gonna work out because they don't have any defense. They, they don't have any height and length. And and so I, I dunno if maybe that works against him as far as the narrative event of, of M V P but I think you're right. I think he well he definitely I believe makes um one of those all team, you know, f- first, second or third team all NBA spots uh and uh, you know, some of us on on the pod uh we, we, we went out and we, we made our predictions and some of us have i think i think i have a, I have a second team like i, I am second team but
1: yeah, yeah i think that's fair i mean i, I was honestly I, I i mean he deserved his first team award he got last year but i was, mm-hmm. can't not say i was surprised right I was definitely surprised he was first team i think most people were but yeah. it was it's deserving he had a great year and he's an awesome uh he's an awesome player but the mvp conversation you gotta be like the number one team in the Western Conference to really have your name in the hat, unless you're just your your stats are through the roof.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Well, um, I look forward to seeing how this how this uh, team shakes out. I I look forward to seeing uh, Nick Stauskas. Uh, I guess enter the MVP conversation. We we talk about Dame, but I mean Nick Stauskas. We gotta we gotta consider him as well. Um, Maybe 6 man. Maybe six, maybe or most improved. There you go. One of those. One of those things.
1: That's that's probably
0: the most realistic of the bunch. Yeah, for sure. If you keep, if you can keep it up. But anyways, Austin, it was good talking with you. Any any last parting words you want to say? Nah, man. Go Blazers. All right. There you go. There you go. Well, it was good talking with you, and uh, listeners, we'll see you later. Peace.